what you just saw was the mass celebration after Tennessee beat Alabama in the game of the year for the Vols. But here in about 30 minutes, we're going to preview what is the SEC East game of the century. I, I just give you one stat that uh, thousands of the stats that I've heard this week. This is the highest two ranked teams ever to meet in Athens Stadium, Sanford Stadium, Athens, Georgia, in history. So historic moments coming up. But first of all, we're going to get around. We're going to talk a little other sports, some NASCAR, some Ricky Bobby, some Kyle Naughton Jr. happening. And for NASCAR, we always reach out to one Mr. Robbie Davis sitting over here in the NASCAR pilot seat. Pilot not related to Jim Yeah, it was a fantastic race, the finish of the year. Um, We're going to watch it here in a second. It was... Oh my gosh, scream up, get up, scream out of the couch. I was tech, I text all of y'all, text everyone that I knew wasn't watching, but I was like, turn it on and watch it. Watch the replay. It is a phenomenal. Uh, we probably won't hit on baseball much tonight, but below is one of our two experts on baseball, Tom Sloan, along with Raj Mehta. If you've been a longtime fan of reckless speculation, you know, last time Raj was on time was probably when Bo Jackson was in the major leagues. But below is Tom Sloan. Tied 2-2, Tom. You got yeah. any people for, from here? Yeah. It, when you look at the, the series so far, I know uh, not, not everyone's big baseball guy, but um, Philly definitely took the momentum after game three, hitting five home runs. Last night, Houston combines for a no-hitter. So you're getting you're getting just about everything you can get in a World Series in this this one. So and Mattress Mac got into it with the uh, the Philly fans, which was uh, pretty funny to see too. So it's exciting. I mean, hopefully it grabs people's attention, but you know that'll be seen. Well, uh, Mattress Mac, proper introduction into the fourth cast member that's on the air now. No shade, Brandon Chain. Looks like he's twelve. We all know this, Brandon Chain. <laughs> How are you doing? And Ohio State quickly, uh, quietly, just keeps winning. Yeah, quietly is the definition for sure. Um, got a little too close for my comfort uh, against Penn State last week, but uh, they were just lackadaisical the whole game. Just really didn't really give an effort. It didn't seem like until, you know, fourth quarter. Defense stepped up, had a couple interceptions, so. Uh, you know, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, they're still, you know. Even Mr. Leonard. Super loaded on on both sides of the ball. Uh, but they just got to gotta put it together. So, we'll see. Jim Leonard, uh, even and Robbie and friends, I'd like just, are we like the view now? And it's Whoopi and her friends. Are, are you that big, Robbie Davis? Hey, Jim's a great guy. He's been to the lake a few times. Uh, we missed him this summer. So I think there was some COVID issues. Uh, but, yes, uh, Jim's a great guy. And, yeah, you guys are just, uh, you know, the yeah. add-ons did he, here. Did he play in the league back when you won it in 1847? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> back before there was uh, internet. All right, guys. Let's just get right into it because we're going to get to the big Michigan State-Michigan fight, too, and I'm sure – 
Tom's going to have a lot to say about that. I've got a lot to say about it. Uh, I uh, Right now we're getting spammed by 69 girls, X, Y, Z. Yeah, no, uh, let me, if this pops up, just let me let you know I'm blocking the user. No, it didn't block up, pop up. But sometimes it's interesting when the spam does pop up. Had that happen when I was interviewing a high school basketball coach one time. And uh, the screen name was so inappropriate. All right, guys, let's go. Courtesy of NBC NASCAR Racing. Uh, I want to bring this video to you. And, and hey, uh, YouTube, we gave the proper credit and copyright. I was going to say, I'm impressed with this acknowledging the source. Look, at, we're, we're growing up in front of in front of America's eyes. I'm telling you, we may be illegal someday, but let's let's go ahead and bring this video up. It's about 37 seconds long. It's a little jumpy. Uh, I'm going to start it, and then we'll come back and commentate, comment on it. I got to get a beat, too. Keep coming. Keep coming. Hang on, man. What in the hell? Oh my God, coming to the checkered flag. I can't believe what I just saw. Talk to me, boys. You made the transfer. You made the transfer, man. That was fucking ridiculous, dude. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. First of all, it had to be edited a little bit. The the first thing, Robbie, I, I, the video is great, especially that second part where you can see it, really what he does. But the end car from Chase Briscoe going, what what is he doing? I think starts the description of this. Um, yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Like, one, like, that's like a something like – you just try on a video game and see if it would work. If you turn the steering wheel and gun it, and will it keep pushing you around? That's the, the first part. The second part that he actually tried it and that it actually worked and it worked to perfection. And it was, and then look, this is Denny Hamlin sitting there. He's, he, he hears Chastain's behind him, you know, six or seven spots. He's not catching him. Hamlin's in the playoff or in the final four for the chance to win next week for the cup. And then all of a sudden this happens. I mean, Hamlin's a championship driver, one of the best in the sports. And then this, he just, this gimmick just slingshots around him and then runs in the back of Chase Elliott. I mean, a split second finish. It was just like, Oh my gosh, what, what happened? Um, I mean, when you talk about athletes, talk about laying it out all on the line and risking your safety for to win, that's what that looked like. That's going full speed in a car, running against a wall, put with other cars down track. I mean, thankfully it worked because, man, and we, we can get into this a tad later if you want to. We, maybe you don't want to. I don't know. But – it's going to be interesting what NASCAR does for this maneuver. Cause if this was at Talladega or somewhere that's not Martinsville, that's, I mean, this was extremely dangerous now, but going faster with more 
track. I mean, this goes wrong, and it could be a whole different conversation we're having. All right, quickly, uh, Tom or Robbie, explain why it was so critical for him to do that and why they're screaming, you transferred. This was two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, so, so the the top four – so the playoff point. So that was the, the – there was eight going into this race. That was an elimin- elimination race, so the top four advanced. So it was uh, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano. So Bell won this race. He's automatically in. Logano won last week. He's automatically in. Chase Elliott was third with enough playoff points. It was him and Hamlin. Whoever finished ahead went on. So it was pretty much a one-on-one. And that – so the guy he passed at the very end, that was Hamlin. So literally Hamlin was this close from making the the final four. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of a – you if you're you're in the elite Grand slam. Grand slam, bottom of the ninth. Well, even like if you're like the lead eight and you throw the ball to the corner and the guy just heaves it up backwards and it goes in the in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. 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 So is it fair uh, – how I judge things, Tom, and we'll come to you for a couple of comments. How I judge things is often through the, the social media realm of it. And, and the social media uh, was just unhooked. When I turned on ESPN Sports Center that night, it was the lead on an NFL Sunday. That's how crazy. Now, uh, Formula One racers who I follow on Twitter was just blowing up about, you know, how much guts it took, how much it, you know, it took, how much stamina it took. Is this bigger than that, uh, uh, the NASCAR race itself? Well, I like the how you say peruse the uh, TikTok. And that seems to be kind of the, uh, the pulse of society these days. Um, and what did I see on TikTok? But this video right here. It, TikTok definitely, NASCAR took the attention of a lot of people that definitely wouldn't be paying too much attention of it because of this particular move. Um, I think maybe brings eyeballs to to the sport that maybe wouldn't be there, especially around this time of year with, um, you know, Robbie's favorite World Series going on right now and and football. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. It just, it just goes to show you that what it takes to get the job done. And, um, like, kind of piggybacking off Rob, what Robbie says, is this something that a lot more drivers are going to take? This, uh, you know, egregious we'll say uh action to try and get get a little ahead of another driver and will nascar allow it to happen um my guess is they're gonna probably put a stop to it as fast as they can to avoid like you said i mean there could have been something on the wall hit it next thing you know you got that car flipping uh at butt over apple cart um which could create a lot of other issues but you have to hand it to him for at that split second like, okay, I'm going to go and destroy this car. But it's going to get me uh, the only opportunity I have. And he took it and he won it. And um, we're talking about it today on Reckless Speculation. And I don't think we normally would if that was any other situation. I, I, I agree. It, 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 got, um, it got what I like to call pop culture attention. 
Uh, Brandon, do you have any comment on? Uh, by the way, Robbie, one more race, and that is Phoenix this weekend. And that, so that so who so it's all out playoff points off the table. Whoever finishes the highest wins between Bell, Logano, Chastain, and Elliott. All right. Uh, any comments, Brandon? Chastain? Yeah. So, yeah, this was straight out of a movie script, uh, Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby, full send, like, you know, slingshot, engage. It was all of that and and more. And the fact that it actually worked was just amazing. But, you know, it, look at where he was at. He, he was so far behind. He had no other option. Like, he was going to lose the race. Like, he was not going to make the transfer. He was not going to be in the Final Four. Um, I mean, if you're willing to, to risk all that, you know, for the game of the sport, there's no rules or regulations against it. Why not? I loved it. I think it's awesome. Uh, it did bring a lot of attention to NASCAR because of that. But I, I hope they don't put any ruling on that. Like, I get, you know, the danger of it, but so do they. Um, you know, and if you're willing to risk that and do that, you know what you sign up for. I mean, you can't regulate everything. Uh, you know, th that's what makes the sport entertaining and fun when, when you have people take these risks. You know, the bigger the risk, the, the bigger the reward. So uh, I, I think it was a, a really good highlight in the midst of a lot of other sports that dominate NASCAR. Uh, for them to jump up in the headlines uh, with something like this is, is pretty cool. Rog, one question. I know you're just, right. Just a side note. Oh. Go ahead, Robbie. Yeah. Oh, ahead, say, just a side note. I don't think NASCAR is going to have to regulate it because this was a getting into the playoff race. If it's not, that owner of that car is not happy because that's a half a million dollars that uh, mm -hmm. they just lost. Um, and so it was risk versus reward. They don't like wrecking those cars. Sure. Raj, how much attention did this get from a sports guy, but not maybe a NASCAR guy? Any or some? I'm embarrassed because I didn't know about it, but I have been MIA this week. And so plus after I actually went out last Saturday night and watched games and I'm too old to do that. And so Sunday was horrible, and I slept through the Raider game. Thank God. So I missed it, and I didn't come back. But when I just saw the clip, uh, it was pretty rad. So I'm embarrassed. And the Ricky Bobby thing is just the best. So, uh, yeah, I pride myself on, on being well-rounded, and I failed myself and consequently you guys. But it looks like if I had paid attention, I would have been totally on board with this you know, it's a pop culture phenomenon. So uh, I'm totally with Tom on this one. It's pretty rad. If you ain't hey, first, you're I, last. Hell yeah. Shaking back. <laughs> I did ask Tom in the opening, and I'll ask you real quick, uh, prediction for game four, uh, five, six, and seven in the World Series. Real quick, my brother-in-law doesn't need money. He's a surgeon. He's in Vegas for a conference. I have nailed the last three nights with, Monday Night Football and the last two World Series games to a T. I called Christian Javier after shutting down the Yankees. One hit in five and a third. He's just fearless and young. I said after, you know, Philly lives on the home run ball. 
And so when they're not hitting home runs, they lose. So by the way, I made my brother-in-law more money. I didn't bet because I'm a dumbass. And uh, so I've been nailing it without watching it. Being said, once you know hit a team, and it looks like Philly, just the wind came out of their sails. Last I saw it was one-to-one tonight. 2-1. Two one. But it goes back to oh, one Houston. 2-1 Houston. And once it goes back to that tin can, I mean, I just don't see Houston losing now. I, it was Philly's series, but uh, props to Javier, dude, who gets no hit in, uh, and their bullpen. Uh, that, that'll pretty much do it, in my opinion. I'd be surprised. But then again, the Phillies, uh, they lived a surprise. 100%. All right, guys, a lot of college football to peruse. Some games we're going to predict at the end of all everything tonight. But we got to move on to what I find. And I'm going to say this. I uh, have intentionally held to my opinion. This is Randall's opinion. One of the worst videos I've ever seen as a sportsman uh, is taking your helmet and using it as a weapon in a tunnel after a game. We were outraged when Miles Garrett did this on the field. Well, this is post-game, post-emotions. The tunnel, I do – we'll hear Tom talk about it in a minute. It's got to change. In 2022, it is not an environment in in the last 100 years that's been able to be maintained. I guess our society's changed so much now that it has. I strongly feel uh, that the players should be should be charged. If I did this on the street to Raj at the end of a pickup basketball game or Shane at the end of a softball game, I would be under the jail right now. Just because it's a college sports, don't make it right. So, um, also – you are taught from day one, you play football from the clipper football up that in a fight situation, you put your helmet on not to use it as a battering ram. And that's what occurred, especially in the second video that released Monday that shows a Michigan player receiving a broken nose from a helmet swung very much like a weapon. Now I am not near the pulse of that. I am not near the local media, but thankfully we have somebody that is. So I would like to turn it over to Tom and update us and what the local feel is from the Michigan area. Well, I mean, I can, I can compare the temperature of this certain situation, almost like our political scene. Um, It is so divided. Um, We have a couple local, uh, radio guys uh, on our sports station that are uh, Michigan State diehards, uh, both graduates of the school. They're both Michigan State apologists, and they have stoked a lot of uh, uh, anger in Michigan fans. Uh, Cliff Notes Theater came on Monday. I think the majority of us local uh, you know, sports fans – we're really interested to hear what his name's Mike Valeni, what he had to say. Um, and to nobody's uh, disappoint, uh, di- disappointment, um, he came with, it's Michigan's fault. They don't know how to win. They don't act like they've been there before. Um, 
and then started bringing up the Juwan Howard situation and an instance last year in East Lansing where a Michigan player allegedly choked Kenny Walker the third and there was no flag. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, and then went off to say this is 100% on Mel Tucker, or I'm sorry, on Jim Harbaugh, that he's breeding his, his players. This is his culture. They don't care, this and that. Um, needless to say, Twitter was a buzz, and it made the divide even greater as far as the rivalry go would go. But um, bottom line is uh, what happened – is ugly and it's an embarrassment. Um, a lot of people are blaming the tunnel, the tunnel on the situation. Is it, is it, you know, the greatest situation? No, Michigan stadium is over a hundred years old. That tunnel has been there since day one. So to say that the tunnel is an issue right now is it, it, it's just kind of making an excuse that your team lost its composure. Um, there has to be changes. And actually, after the first half in that game, the officials lined up and would not let Michigan go into that tunnel until uh, all the Spartans had cleared. So um, the aftermath of the game, uh, tempers were definitely flaring uh, at the last play of the game. And one thing that was said about Harbaugh, that he, he didn't do anything to try and calm his players down, uh, if you go back and watch, you know, the, the camera work on the field, Harbaugh was laying into his players that were getting in the scuffles with, with uh, Spartan players. So um, I think Harbaugh did a nice job of, of quelling the situation, we'll say. Um, but there was a couple players that decided that they were going to, you know, skip into the tunnel. And you could only speculate that there might have been some words exchanged. And uh, obviously there's emotions. This is a huge rivalry. Uh, Mel Tucker has kind of brought out a lot of um, passion in, in, in a lot of these Spartan fans. So uh, it was heated. And I'm not saying what – I think it was Andrew Anthony that, that decided he was going to skip the doo-doo-dah up the tunnel. Um, that wasn't the best move. That wasn't the best move. And I know that, that probably was the, the spark that created it all. But bottom line is you, you have to uh, handle yourself. And in this day and age, when there's a camera phone at every turn, there's a camera in those tunnels, there's ABC, ESPN, whatever that's broadcasting it. Um, so you have to be on your best behavior and, and know that if you slip up, it's going to be seen. So is that a culture issue? Is, is, is that Mel Tucker completely losing his control of his team? I, I don't know. I'd like to think maybe that could be the case, but I will give Mel Tucker credit in the sense that he has kind of um, taken responsibility. He's kind of the accountability. He's he's suspended the players, and, and, and he's kind of gotten up on the podium and done what he has to do, which, you know, I can respect that after what we saw. But um, is, is this a situation where, uh, law enforcement should be uh, brought into the mix. I know um, German has uh, retained counsel after the fact because he was their their tight end, or I'm sorry, their linebacker that was Wyndham, who was suspended. He's caught on camera completely hitting him with with his left jab, cold cocked him. 
So there's definitely grounds for that. It, it, but I guess my question to you guys is, is bringing law enforcement something that um, it should be allowed when it comes to athletics, whether it be collegiate or professional? Um, because in this certain situation, that's a helmet. You hit that guy in the right spot, he might not wake up. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think charges should be made. But I'm just kind of curious to hear what you guys might have to think about it and, and what your take about the fight would you know, that happened. All right, let's go to uh, Raj. Go ahead, Raj. I wanted to ask, uh, thank you. I just wanted to ask, and I'm not making excuses whatsoever. Why was there only one Michigan kid there? Because I didn't see the end of the game. Was it post-game? What Did he have a big game? I was just curious about that. Uh, well, the- he appeared to jump ahead of the separation of the teams. He was to the side of the pile oh, so he skipped up is what and he moved so, up and yeah uh, what, what there was a there was a little scuffle on the field at, at the end of the game whatever and then the majority of the Michigan players were kind of they grabbed Paul Bunyan and took it over to the student section so why my my question is or my thinking is why wasn't he with his team you know it, I mean, I'm I going think- off on a I'm going off on a limb here, thinking that he knew what he was doing, and he was he was sparking some 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 crap. He shouldn't have been there. He should have been with his team. But um, that's I mean, he went this way, and then the majority of the other team were were still on the field. So, and you know, I think we're all of the belief that. Am I muted or no? Can you hear me? No, you're yeah. good, buddy. Um, I think we're all of the belief that nothing justifies or deserves or is worthy of what happened um you know he's a 250 pound kid swinging a weapon you know a loaded helmet at somebody's face and that act alone is worthy of some sort of I, i guess prosecution do i does part of me think it's some sort of money grab somewhere down the line sure it doesn't justify you know, the act of what happened. I mean, that's just detestable, just like Miles Garrett. Now, is this different? Sure, every scenario is different. These are kids, kids that hate each other in a program that is so frustrated that obviously the coach has lost. You know, we forget on top of everything that boiled over in this game, you know, last year was the 37-33 Michigan State win, and they let it be known, you know. And, um, you know, Michigan is a, not only the football program in that entire region but you know a top five program all time playing them is different you know and there was a lot of hate in this game Mm -hmm. and I I think I don't want to attribute blame but I just see a lot of factors you know and not so much about the dude skipping but like I said the tunnel situation Notre Dame was the same way years ago and fights would always happen uh the lack of security all sorts of different things, you know, the, the fight on the field. These are kids that grew up together that have probably hated each other, you know, since jump. Uh, a lot of these kids, especially at Michigan State, were passed over by Michigan, most people's dream school. So, I mean, you can see how the tempers could flare. In that case, in that situation, I mean, are dudes just going to punch each other? Or, you know, there's a mob mentality, if you will. I'm being circular here in reasoning. My point is, uh, I think Phoebe's joining us. Um, not your butt. I see how this stuff can happen, and so should other people, other coaches, 
security personnel and whatnot to, to guard against this. Because as I just named all these things, this is not entirely unforeseen. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to say dude's fault for jumping and skipping up there, but none of this stuff should have happened. So social I, media. Just, exactly. And I'm just spitting. There's just all these factors at play. I get it, but that's a team and a coach that, I mean, just lost them. And that's frustrations losing. I mean, it's just, can you imagine how frustrated those kids must have been? And then to see that, what that kid think was going to happen again, no helmets, but Jesus, he's going to get a beat down. What, what, what I don't understand is there was, there was state police literally Standing there, yeah. literally right there and did nothing. So I don't know if they felt like if, if they got in the middle of it, that they would be in some sort of uh, violation or I, I don't, it just looked like a lot of people that didn't know what to do. They weren't trained for a situation like that. And the whole thing needs to be reevaluated. So absolutely. Um, is legal expertise a lot, but I, I really would, I've been waiting to hear and I think we should go and let, let Robbie give us a, a legal explanation to what he saw. And then, Brandon, uh, after that, I want your reaction as a Big Ten fan that's not a fan of either school. I would like to get your summation of that after we uh, hear from Rob. Um, yeah, so generally speaking, the way athletes and the law works is once you cross the lines of play, you are consenting to certain things, assaults, I mean, what would be called assault, like an unwanted touching, a violent hit, you're consenting to that. Um, once you leave the field of play, you are no longer consenting to that. So this falls clearly in that category. Especially, I mean, there's sidelines, there's brawls. That's that's a gray area. In the tunnel, you are clearly not only not on the but in the lines of field of play. You're not even on the field of play. So this clearly would be now. I don't. I don't know Michigan specific law, but generally most states are the same. That that is an assault. Um, so, but then the question becomes: Okay, so the player that what the the player that was hit, um, he's hired counsel. So that means he's going. You only hire counsel if you're seeking civil damages you don't hire counsel exactly. hoping the police are going to charge someone so mm -hmm. there's this in which i think it was early on his part to do so because now it does look like a money grab mm -hmm. um he's wanting the, the university of michigan vicariously through the, the students to, to to pay some money I, I don't know do we know do we have a report was he hurt or i know it looked bad do we know anything though broken uh, nose uh, yeah the first player as I understood wasn't uh, as injured as the second player who suffered a broken nose. Yeah. yeah. So as far as if the state does want to press criminal charges, there are, there are grounds for it in my opinion, because outside the field, uh, clearly an assault. Um, so now charged conviction. I don't, I don't know what will happen. I don't know. There's, Obviously, with these two schools in that state, there are tons of politics that are in play. And so that's going to play huge. Um, as far as just like blaming the tunnel, this is like this is equivalent of blaming the source 
that leaks the information that's bad. No, no, no. The bad act is the bad act, not how it was found out. So that's like saying, man, they shouldn't have had cameras in that tunnel or we would never know this was going on. No, the tunnel's not the problem. The cameras aren't the problem. The act is the problem. Mm-hmm. Those players acted just, just like idiots. Um, yeah, look, you're in a competitive environment. Um, when you lose, people are going to celebrate, and they may celebrate in your face, and you have to be prepared for that. That's called coaching. That's called preparation. Um, same thing we went back two weeks ago, the, the, the player – uh, I don't want to get his name wrong, that hit the girl uh, that ran the field in Tennessee. Bert. You're in this position. Yeah, you have to be prepared. I guarantee you Saban told them 100 times, like, if we lose, they're going to rush the field, be prepared. Tucker should have said the same thing to those Michigan State players. If we lose, they're going to celebrate, be prepared, and do not lose your cool. That's just – look, from the top down, that you got to take accountability for it. They're, and, yeah. They should be suspended for the rest of the year, in my opinion. That is uh, just unwarranted. That's not heat of the moment behavior anymore. That's them walking off the field. They see a vulnerable person, and they attack. You you win uh, professionally, and you lose professionally. I think that's the message that needs to be spread. Yeah, and exactly. And, and, and what about the duty of others, security and whatnot, considering they were off the field on what is a public ground, if you will, correct? I mean – Mm-hmm. I'm just hypothetical for the active attorney. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Because it looked like they were watching social media too. I mean, it was mm-hmm. everybody yeah. was just in shock and awe. Yeah, no, I mean, and and we have uh, this is a problem in society in general is that police and security are not trained to handle the situations they are placed in. And so that's a systemic problem is you can't just put cops or put security and say, hey, here's your jacket or here's your badge. All's good. No, they've got to be trained. They got to be trained for crowd control. And they've got to be done like that. And so that's that's a you know, that, that, that is a university issue. If you're putting these police in this position, make sure they're trained. And let's go back to one thing that Tom brought up, and I'm sure it is all over um, the the radio, and, and he, he touched on We can't get into this. One side's always right, one side's always wrong, no matter what happens. Like, yes, people make mistakes, and people can do things that are wrong, and criticize when criticism is needed. Um, and then one last point I'll turn over to Brandon. Um, these refs, they've got to be – when you know it's a rivalry game and you see things getting out of control – if you have to eject people, if you have to throw flags, get their emotions under control. Don't mm-hmm. let them chirp all game long because there's an after game and there, there's handshake Absolutely. lines. And then this goes for coaches too. Tell mm-hmm. them to shut up. I don't know. Like in the, in the basketball, this is not allowed. Like this just berating of refs and berating. No, call technical, throw it on sportsmen. Like get them under control. Football is the worst at controlling the emotions. Mm-hmm. Lots of fans in that stadium, including security personnel. It is Bef- Michigan, Michigan MSU. That was unfortunate. Before we go to Jane, I, I do want to talk about uh, for 10 years, I was in the coin toss of high school games. And one of the most effective talks I've ever heard was in a very heated rivalry. 
that was in a state playoff. And the referee said, captains, control your players. If you can control them, it costs you nothing. If I have to control them, it costs you 15 yards and maybe an ejection from the game. So if you put it in terms of competition too, it's one of the best speeches and cleanest played football games I ever seen. Hmm. All right, Brandon, as a Big Ten fan, what was your reaction to this? So (laughs) playing football and especially against heated rivalry, you are you are amped up for these games. You are not holding anything back. You're you're I'm I'm not gonna say train killer for lack of a better word, but almost train killer out there. Like you're you're trying to annihilate the other team. All right. And that is what you're you're training for, you're practicing for, like you leave everything on the field, you give everything. So emotions are high. Um, and it's really, really hard, especially after a loss for kids, you know, 18, 20 year old kids to just flip that switch and turn it off. Like, you know, within 20, I'm not by any means agreeing or anything of uh, what happened, but I'm just saying on the other perspective, like it's really hard to just like, you're out there, you're hitting as hard as you can. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, shut it off. And then, you know, reckless speculation, maybe somebody walks in and starts talking a bunch of crap in the middle of your team that just got their butt kicked. And what do you do? You, you go back to your training, which is hit them, hit them as hard as you can. Now helmet was out of, I mean, any violence is, is completely out of line, but I'm just saying it's very hard to make that transition, mm-hmm. especially heat of the moment in the heat of the moment. And so, yes, the kids have to control themselves. I'm not making excuses for them, but in the heat of the moment, all that as a staff and, and a university and Knowing this is a heated rival, you got to do better in preparation to keep them as far as apart as possible, so this doesn't happen. Because it, these are kids, and and you're training them to. You see, you know, maize and blue. You hit them as hard as you can, no mm-hmm. matter what. It, yeah. it, exactly. So, it it there's a almost a uh, adrenaline kind of gray area that that continues on after that. Uh, so it, it's, it's a very tough situation. Now, like I said, I'm not making any excuses. It was completely wrong, but was it instigated? I think so. If you look at the video, I think, I think he, the kid was going up and, you know, wanting to chirp a little bit more. I did. He think he was probably going to get hit with a helmet. No, absolutely not. That's, I mean, who would think that, but, you know, unfortunately, that's that's how it escalated. Um, it's terrible. Uh, you got to do better as coaches to to train your players to try and back prepare down. prepare yeah. them for these situations. Prepare them for these situations. Like, look, okay, 
if if someone does walk in like everyone like huddle to the one side or do, you know do something like don't listen I, I don't know what the right answer is but you, you've got to have some type of preparation for that because you, again I've been in a situation where you're just you're you know blood red in your eye all you want to do is just hit that opponent and you know you lose that game and it's it's tough to turn that off, especially as an 18 year old kid. So, um, again, no excuses made. It was completely wrong, but I, I hold that to the universities and, and knowing that this is a rival and that situations could get escalated. They've got to do a better job on, okay, either it, the one tunnel, that's fine. That that's never been a problem before. Like, all right, let the other team go first. Everyone stay on the field until they're completely cleared in their locker room. Then we'll go. Like, you know, have some type of easy, you know, legislation there, rule, whatever, like to make that work. Like, so I don't it, it completely unavoidable. Uh, but again, it's, I'm not, like I said, I'm not making excuses for the kids, but, you know, it's really hard to ask a kid to like, go pound someone in the ground and then all of a sudden, you know, flip that switch 30 seconds later. So, mm -hmm. Tom, uh, you're a Michigan fan. We'll let you have the last word on this. Anybody else on this? Give me your thoughts of seeing the videos as they post it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a black mark for the Big Ten for college football for both schools. You know, it, no matter where you look at it, who's to blame? It happened. Um, and it, and it kind of takes me back to the malice at the palace, you know. Uh, it was that was a black mark on, on, on the Pistons, a storied team. Uh, and you know, ultimately that came down to security uh, or the lack thereof at the palace. Um, I, I think the university has to be better. It has to be better in preparing uh, uh, on and off the field uh, for situations that, that could possibly happen. Um, it doesn't look like there's many more rivalry games uh, this year, but you know what? There will be next year and the year after that. So there has to be uh, training. There has to be ample security placed in the, the tunnel region so these kids know that they're not going to get away with with what they get away with. So to, to kind of take a step back and it, did something good come out of this? I think there will ultimately, it'll, it'll come down to preparedness um, by the stadium security, state police, whoever is there. Um, and this is definitely going to take place throughout college football. This isn't just a Michigan problem. I think there's going to be a lot of um, schools that are, that are, reevaluating their security situations. Um, obviously they have uh, players that come together in the middle, you know, they have to be ready for uh, the, the match to, to be lit. And um, so it's, it's, it's highlighting maybe a problem that wasn't well known until last week. So um, I think you're going to see clean games. I think you're going to see more professional uh, actions off the field specifically. So to say 
that is maybe a good thing. Silver lining um, probably is a good way to put it that um, there was a problem that maybe we, people didn't realize. And now hopefully it'll be able to uh, mend itself. Well, anyway, real quick, one second. This has been going on for decades between well, sure. robberies and teams and sure. everything. Now, this may be the first time we've ever seen a helmet come out on right on video, right. which really escalates the situation. It's like, okay, like that's a deadly weapon potentially. Like you could kill somebody, mm-hmm. hit, you know, if you hit him the right way with the helmet. Uh, you know, there's been fights and and squall like people. It's just how rivalries are, and that will forever go on. But sure, and and it should like I you know aside from the whole you know fight by but I get you know being a little chippy and I mean that's mm-hmm. just part of the rivalry mm-hmm. that's part of the the whole thing of it but you know this this took it to another level yeah um, and I think you're right Tom the the whole security situation has got to improve whether you put a rope down the the tunnel and only you know Michigan goes on left. You know, Michigan State goes on right, like don't cross or something uh, in more security. But, you know, again, these are kids. They're, they're built up for these rivalries, mm-hmm. and, and they have a lot of heated emotions. 7.30 kick. These kids were like caged animals. Yeah. Just wanting to get, get out Absolutely. there in the field. And I think that adds to it as well. So Absolutely. I don't think we'll see any uh, rivalry games in Ann Arbor at, at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the, in the foreseeable <laughs> future. <laughs> I'm okay with everything y'all said, except you stepped off the field. And it, it, for me, it's that clear cut. There is, you are an animal until this horn sounds, and then you're a gentleman. Yeah. And that's what football's built on. And I... I agree with you. That's how it should be, but it's not that easy sometimes. It's it not. is not that easy, and you can't just flip a switch like that. So um, I, I don't. I, I get what you're saying, and I I think you know we should try and help and teach them to err more on that side. But man, it, it it's so hard to flip that switch that quick. I promise. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, I mean, they got to understand every time they're on the field. It's a job interview. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. And so you if you want your ultimate goal, you better be able to uh, departmentalize. Like you've got to be able to do this because hey, there's a lot of people that are out of jobs that are really, really great athletes because they couldn't handle their emotions. Are you kidding? Look at the NFL. They're full of people that can't handle their emotions. <laughs> That they get hired probably before the people that can't. So I mean, I disagree yeah, with that statement. I don't know about that. A week we would spend an hour on this, but unfortunately, yeah, I'm gonna say we yeah, agree to disagree on that. How many fights have you seen in the NFL after the, after the games? They all go shake hands, exchange jerseys, sign jerseys. They're not in game or off the game. Off the field? Are you kidding me? What? What, it, famously, the Tyler one and the Redskins is the one I think of. But let's move on. I want to get to this week's college football poll. Now, we have 
regular speculation. I love the poll from week one to week whatever. <laughs> I look for it. I wait for it to come out. I, you know, I vote in, or I used to vote in the Tennessee State High School football poll, and I was one of the funnest things I did. But we got the big boy poll, the college football playoff poll. I want to go through this until I'm going to mention names. I'm going to go from 25 up. We'll start discussing when one of you feels like one of these teams has a legit opportunity to win a national championship. Because I have a, I have a, I have a, let's just go through it. You should start at six and, Conversation. <laughs> UFC Texas at twenty. Uh, UFC at twenty five. Texas twenty four. Oregon State twenty three. North Carolina State twenty two. Wake Forest twenty one. Syracuse nineteen. Tulane quietly having a great season nineteen. Oklahoma State eighteen. North Carolina at seventeen. Illinois at six. Stop. Illinois has a path. They do. Illinois they win the Big played, Ten Championship. They yeah, they, they could get in. Michigan, and yeah. if 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 they beat Michigan and they beat Ohio State, they're Big Ten champs. They're, they're in. in. All right, dude. About- I muted it. Sorry, I thought Randall was muting me. I was like, man, is a brown? I'm just kidding. Randall's the least racist guy now. <laughs> North Carolina, seven and one. Obviously, the committee values the ACC more than they do other conferences, some other conferences. If they run the table with an only loss to Notre Dame, close one, Drake May and the Heisman running, Notre Dame wins out, you you can see them at least getting into the conversation for the fourth spot, depending on how the other dominoes fall. That would just be one win over Clemson, though, right? Just one? Or were they playing that? With they the, have not played them yet. They, if they're they playing play, this weekend. But Notre Dame, be, yeah, but North Carolina. Clemson uh, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, North Carolina would not play them until the ACC championship. I don't think that's enough. I don't think one win's enough. I, I don't I, think I, North Carolina's in the picture, personally. But I'm I just do, saying I you can see Illinois it. They only have picture. one loss, if that's the case. Illinois so Notre Dame pass. team that's pretty fairly, fairly valued and getting better. I, I think eleven Notre and Dame. Big Are they Ten even ranked right now. Notre Dame. Gets hey, that's left. Ohio State's best win. Take it easy. Uh, hey. No, but they're playing Let's better. With and Penn State. they could be if they win out. Penn State. No, no. Utah. Yeah. No. We yeah. can't help that they were pre-ranked so high that you know they're a crappy team. You see them? No. I mean the fourth the fourth spot consideration. The committee values the Pac-12. I mean, are any of the teams great? No. They all have one loss, but 8, 9, 11, uh, 12. Was, sorry, that's coach's uh, poll, but they're all uh, valued higher than the Big 12 I, and I, uh, some other conferences. So you never no, know. No, he's asking if point. UCLA has a chance to make it. If they win, run the table with their only loss at Oregon, then – the point is, for the fourth seed, if certain dominoes no. fall, yeah, they could make it up there. No. Is it possible? Sure. It absolutely well, is. So their losses to Oregon, who lost to Georgia by 46. 
Now, it, yeah, that's week one, dude. That doesn't. I mean, understand. I, I'm, I'm they're number saying, eight in the country right now. We're, we're, not, we're not debating it. what's right or wrong. We're debating can they do it? No, I mean that's just not going to happen. It absolutely can. The right yep. they're Oregon's eighth in the country right now. Yeah, and they then they beat UCLA already. So for UCLA to jump them, what's gonna, how, how are they going to do that? That would Oregon would need another loss. UCLA would run the table that in the makes, Pac-12 that, championship that makes, game. That makes UCLA I'm just saying it's a possibility. You're, you're thinking far too literal and too strict of a, of a prism, if you will. I'm saying, is it possible? Yes, it is possible. If they run the table and other dominoes fall, UCLA could sneak up to the fourth seed. They yeah. absolutely could. Do I uh, think it's going to happen? Hell no. Well, that's I, don't see. I mean, let's talk about reality. Hmm. We're going one through 25, dude. The best. It's about possibility. The best two loss team is LSU. If LSU beats Alabama in Baton Rouge, wins the SEC West, beats Tennessee or Georgia, are they in the playoffs? Yes. Yes. They're so overrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, by you, Brian. Hey, my, that's my family. If that they probably, happens, yeah, they they like, could. I'll, I'll. I mean, if I'll that happens, he's saying, then... could it happen? Yes, it could. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. So that's the whole point. Of this. We're good. Same path as UCLA. TCU. Here's mm. the million dollar question: Does a TCU? Undefeated Big 12 champion get over in over a one loss Tennessee, Georgia, or Alabama. No, no, the committee obviously does not value the Big 12. Yeah. And if you look at their wins, they've been very close. I'm not saying they still won. A couple of quarterbacks got injured, Jalen Daniels got injured, uh, Martinez got injured, they still won the game. I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is the committee has not been impressed with their resume. That's obvious. Uh, barely beat a West Virginia team. Remaining games that are tough at Texas at Baylor. So you just look, you look at the eye test at that point. I mean, look, SEC is the most dominant conference this year, uh, and it, you know you take a one-loss team out of the SEC all day over whoever I forgot who you even said. It doesn't even matter. TC and I, I think the SEC is not nearly as good as they've been. But they, yes, ha- they haven't, but they're they, still, the they're still yeah. overall, they're still yeah. the best. Well, I, mean, I totally highest. agree with you. I totally agree with you. Was, Tennessee, tennis, based on right now, Tennessee will not fall below TCU. Like, they've already, no. they've already said Alabama's better than TCU and Tennessee beat Alabama. So, I mean, you can play oh, those. Oh, let's, let's stop right there. That's unless the Missouri beats Tennessee. I have the question. Okay. Alabama controls their own destiny. Destiny. Went out, they're in. Of course. Tennessee or Georgia loses. Where does Georgia fall and where does Tennessee fall? To me, I think you just said Tennessee falls the fifth behind mm. Michigan in front of Alabama. I, I that, think, my opinion, if Tennessee wins this weekend – I think they just trade spots at this point in the poll. I, how can you justify? I mean, what's the what's the, the percentage of from one to four? I mean, what's the differential there? There probably isn't a whole lot. Um, 
Yeah, so, but here's the thing: Tennessee's though, Tom, in. If in they opinion. trade, if they trade spots, so if Tennessee wins and they trade spots, I, I I'm talking if they lose. Oh, if Tennessee loses, I said that wrong. Tennessee, they're just all right. One at a time, Brandon. Go ahead. So if if Tennessee loses and they trade spots, all right. So then that what that puts uh, Tennessee at number three. Yeah. So they're sitting there on the sideline at number three, and they don't have to play another game. Like, that, that's of merit. They so they can't lose again. And, like, how do you not put them in when they're all, the, all of a sudden at three? Mm-hmm. And then you got Georgia and Alabama. Like, you can only take one of those, whoever wins, obviously. There's going to be two SEC teams in it. There's, so, there's, I, don't, I don't see any way around At least. It. There's yeah. two, two yeah. SEC teams for sure. I'll and there's possibly two Big Ten teams in it. Is, uh, uh, I don't see that. Is Michigan, Ohio State, if Tennessee loses, everybody plays out, Georgia wins or Alabama wins the SEC championship, Clemson wins out, does Clint- – Ohio State and Michigan become elimination game. Loser out, number five. Yes. Mm. If you're Michigan, especially considering it, their schedule. Yeah the, the the committee the the committee has shown zero love for Michigan by putting, in my opinion, the most overrated team in the country, totally Clemson, ahead of them. I think that who that's could a huge who could lose to Notre Dame this weekend? Who. Is this a non-conference penalty? That we'll lose to Notre Dame this week. You talked about it early. Their non-conference yeah, is one of the worst ever. And, and again, they had and, UCLA scheduled, did they not? And they bought I, them out. They did in 2018. Yeah, they had it yeah. scheduled this year, and they paid to get out of that game. Yeah. Um, um, and I said they, it before that that you did that the the schedule is going to bite them in the butt. Look, they're um, they're still riding the the coattails of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, and they Clemson. they still yeah. think they still think they're like some powerhouse comp, like team, and they're just not that good. And I think Notre Dame might expose them this weekend. I'm telling you, Clemson is not that good. The best- values the ACC because they've only beaten ranked ACC teams and. They probably should have lost three of those games. The com- the committee values money, and they're trying to pull in all all aspects. And all right, so you know. so so each of you three, uh, not me and Randall, y'all each have a team that that's in here, and this game this weekend, Tennessee Georgia, is a huge power tilt on what goes on. Who are you? Who do you want to win, and why? Can I can I ask that? I think this game is more important to Georgia mm-hmm. than it is to Tennessee because Georgia's resume, unfortunately, is very tainted compared to Tennessee's. Missouri, I do think if Georgia loses, the chances of Georgia getting back in this depends on Tennessee running the table and beating a Alabama in the SEC championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely right. Tennessee, so, a close loss to Georgia could be the best thing in the world for yeah. Tennessee because they don't have the risk of the SEC championship game. Totally agree. They're going to have one loss. They'll drop a little bit, but mm-hmm. they're in. Them being yeah. named number one was just amazing for them. That was huge. And deservedly so. Well, mm-hmm. hey, so, so quick scenario. Tennessee – or Georgia beats Tennessee. 
Georgia's undefeated, one loss, Tennessee. LSU at two losses. LSU wins the championship over Georgia. Now you have a two-loss LSU championship versus with Tennessee and Tennessee. Uh, Georgia, one loss. Tennessee beat LSU in Baton Rouge. Tennessee's, out. Tennessee's probably out if LSU wins the SEC championship. Yeah. Like, uh, you're not you don't get in automatically, right? And they beat them 41 yeah. in their house. If you just yeah. you win the SEC championship, you don't automatically get in. I mean, I know more or less you should, but it weighs Randall's a lot. Right, right. That's just going to be like, oh, gosh. So that, that, that would be a nightmare. If that that's happens. doomsday for the committee. That's already got doomsday. an out. They're going to six. To your point, it should be the Vols in and probably Georgia. If they're if they're taking two SEC teams, those would be the two. But then I don't think that LSU could beat Tennessee or Georgia in Atlanta. So, I think LSU's terrible. I, I think they're going to get boat raced by Alabama. This I do. Week. I think it's a non-fight. But so so yeah, back to my question, Brandon, Tom, uh, Rod, Brandon, who are you rooting for this weekend and why? Uh, I'll go. Um, I'm I'm pulling for the Vols, you know. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe because it's just all you boys. Like, the Vols have always been a really close second hated next to Michigan for me. Just I grew up and, you know, had to listen to all you guys complain and all that stuff my entire life. Can't but, imagine. Uh, I actually – you know, I, I'm actually kind of pulled for him a little bit this year, and it, it's been a uh, – It's kind of different this year, isn't it? It, it is so different, and yeah. it, it's a team that I believe in, actually. Like, Let me add to this. You know, their defense will let you down, I promise you. He is standing on the sideline. It is not Tennessee that was Philip Fulmer. It's not a Tennessee that you in your lifetime has ever seen. Josh Heupel is a different animal where Tennessee walks onto the field without a serious deficiency at the head coach position. Okay, you're not no, helping. I, I, I don't pump the brakes because that's part of the reason why Chain and I lose our minds. Yeah, it's just the hysteria. Uh, <laughs> They're uh, good, dude. That's but it. listen, I'm I'm hey, I'm starting Philip to kind Former, of believe in it a little bit. What I'm saying is Philip Former was an overrated coach. Josh Heupel, so far in 160 and 600 days, has created more. No, I, I know the I know the stats. I get, I've I've we get, had them bled into yeah. my face. I've read everything about them. You know, for the last six weeks. Uh, <laughs> we get it. That it, they're a great team, and this is actually the first year in 15 years that you know this is our year. You know, ball, go balls. We're gonna. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually. Hey, and I've told you guys several times on this podcast, I believe in this team this year. And I told you, like, I would pick them to win. Uh, but that, so they're the number one offense, I think, ranked in the country right now. Uh, pace yes. of play is out, outrageous. Um, they can strike at any time. What? Go ahead, Randall. Wait. You're pausing me. I want you to hold up. Are you ever going to smoke that cigar? You got oh. on the field. Are you ever going to smoke it? 
you're about to. You're just gonna I just, wave at me. Yeah. Hey, like I, that Tennessee O lineman. That Chris, guy's awesome. I want you to get into the breakdown later, okay? You're 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 jumping one segment ahead of me. I want what you got right Sorry. Now. Sorry. No. Tennessee has a really good shot to win it this year. Um, there this is the first year I've seen no clear uh, advantages out of a team that is dominant. Um, there, there are four or five teams that can absolutely win it this year, and Tennessee's one of them. All right, Rod. So, selfishly, even though I'd love to see our conference do something, and if healthy, mind you, I think the pack is much closer, ironically, we're leaving, uh, than others. But it would be best if one team blew the other out of the water. Whichever one, I don't care. Meaning for like the Michigans and any other conference, not SEC. Being said, I agree totally. Like I don't hear as much boasting and chest puffing from Tennessee fans because I think the world knows. It's different when everyone knows that you're good. And then when you're good, you don't have to do that crap. And that's always been the annoying thing since I moved here. Um, I so, so part of me and Rob and I talk about this all the time. I love where the program's going. They're just doing everything right. At first, I didn't like the gimmick unis, but now you got kids all over the country seeing the blacks and, you know, the the, the grays, the smoky. I'm talking about uniforms. That didn't sound right. I know I'm in the South. But, uh, like, they're, they're marketing geniuses. And the sideline thing with the security guy we saw, the dance team, uh, just Google that. Like, they're just doing everything right. And I think that should be rewarded. Plus – I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I mean, Georgia next, right? Well, they've been there forever. It's time for somebody new. Can't believe I, I'm saying this. I yeah. I, I, I think that's what makes this so special for Tennessee. Cause I mean, they have, they haven't really been in, in uh, the limelight line, limelight will say in quite some time and out of and nowhere they're it, they're shining bright. And, um, so I think for the average football college fan, like Georgia, same old, same old. Alabama, ugh, not again. So I think there's a lot of fans that are that are latching on to Tennessee in a sense that there's it's somebody new. And those uniforms, I mean, I, looking at my like Facebook feeds of people that have no uh, affiliation to Tennessee at all. They were all about those uniforms. All I seen it everywhere. It was it was pretty cool. So they're they're on to something there. And um video game offense, you know. Yeah. Kids and, are loving it, dude. This stuff matters. And then if you go to the uh South Bend uh Saturday night, um I do firmly believe Clemson's gonna be exposed on national television. And I think you're gonna really see uh, a lot of the questions being answered as to why exactly they're number four in the college football ranking. So um, make no mistake, uh, Notre Dame's been playing some pretty good football. They had a huge win last week, um, and I think that's going to fire them up. It's it, it's a game that they've lost in previous years, so I think they're going to – this is their Super Bowl this is their national championship game this year because really they don't have much else to play for. So sure. I think I think Notre Dame's really going to come out with a with a lot to prove. And um, as a Michigan fan who is 
very um we'll say uh unhappy with the the uh cfp rankings i'm i'm gonna be well the speakeasy the speakeasy does have a notre dame flag flying in its rafters yeah. i might put my notre dame hat on and i'll be cheering go irish i, I will say this it makes everyone's path easier if tennessee wins this weekend because Tennessee staying at one is the simplest thing for everyone else. Because if Tennessee drops to three, then they're they're pretty much stuck there. And then you're fighting for two spots instead of three. So a Tennessee win, and especially if Tennessee can somehow win big and just go ahead and knock Georgia out, then that leaves a possibility for a close Ohio State-Michigan game, both teams staying in. Here's a question for you guys. Um, could the committee, if Tennessee comes in and somehow just gets like blown out by Georgia, um, I don't think this is going to happen. But hypothetically, you know, if this happens, they get blown out by Georgia. Georgia comes in, beats Alabama. Where's Tennessee at? Let, let me get to that. Hold on. You're getting. You got so many get to. I'm sorry. Like I was asking questions. Notre Dame's at USC, so, by the way. I took a fight for that. Talk about the Tennessee thing. We're just hour and 10 minutes in. We got about 20 minutes. I want to get there. Let's, let's, let's give each person, and I want to start with Brandon because he already started. I have two questions for each one of you. And because of the lateness, you can't go over three or four minutes. What is your path for both teams? And what happens if a team blows out another team? Or what is your storylines coming out? Brandon, both, that- both teams, meaning SEC, uh, Bama, Georgia, this Tennessee. Georgia, that's all we're talking so we're, we're Yeah, our, we're staying on that subject. Okay. We're staying so, Georgia the rest of the night. So my path, my path. Um, so obviously Tennessee beats Georgia this weekend. They're in no, no questions asked. Uh, I don't care if they lose the SEC championship they're in. Um, if Georgia boat races them and beats Alabama, I don't think Tennessee's in. I think it's going to be Georgia, Alabama. All right, but they um, beat Alabama. After, that would be second loss for Alabama. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hypotheticals. Uh, yeah, well, so then I think it's just a one SEC team. Then at that point, I, I think Tennessee falls out, and then if Clemson wins out, then I think they're going to be in over. You know, it could be a Michigan, Clemson, or Oregon, Clemson, in over if if that scenario happens. So Tennessee right now, the best case scenario is obviously they went out, but if they lose and then Georgia loses to Alabama, I think Tennessee and Alabama are both in. All right, Brandon, I'm going to ask you the same question you asked me. You were explaining a minute ago. Why is Tennessee a media darling? Is it not because they are not built like other schools? They are not. Tennessee has, can we all agree, Tennessee has less talent 
from the recruiting side than either Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Michigan. Tennessee's built off of Hendon Hooker uh, transfers because he loses the starting job, has health problems. Our left tackle is a Florida kid that transferred. Our center basically got a scholarship offer because his brother wanted to come home. The right tackle is a kid that was a five-star that couldn't even make the field for four years, three years. The tight ends, both seniors, what I doubt they caught five passes. <coughs> Our receiving crew, Cedric Tillman was overlooked. Jalen Hyatt was overlooked. <coughs> is what makes you as a fan root for Tennessee is that it's not the normal built football team. It's kind of the bad news bears of college football. Well, it's not the normal built Tennessee football team for sure. Um, now, talent shines when you're on the big stage and the lights are on. And it, it reminds me a lot. And I know this sounds super biased and I just heard it in my head before I say it, but it reminds me a lot of the state's team. Like, super high offensive power. Uh, defense is kind of sketchy. Um, that's been Ohio State's MO for, about, I don't know, five, seven years now. Um, high-powered offense, can score at any time. Uh, you don't even know half the kids that are on. Now, this year you do. But, you know, previous years there's been a couple guys, you know, one or two players that were good, and you don't know half the other ones. And it's just kind of next man up thing. But, no, I, I love Heifel's, you know, take on it and his his strategy right now and look these kids believe they're buying into his program right now and that that's the biggest thing you're, you're getting a lot of chemistry on that. offensive line is fantastic so there's no reason to even they're not misfits by any means they're they're one of the best offensive lines in the country uh offense is obviously rated number one in the country defense is a little defensive line has gotten better in the last few games for sure but Secondary, secondary is sketch uh, a little bit. So, so you can still get points on, but you know your mo is uh, you know we'll we'll outscore you. And hey, I, I've been there. I, I live in that thing. Less I'll risk for injury say. there. Less mm-hmm. risk for injury there, which Heupel knows because they don't have the depth and they've been very healthy overall. Sure. And uh, sure. that offense really helps. And he's not he's no dummy, obviously. Rog, I want no. you. A play comment. I want to come straight to you. This is from Josh Heupel's opening press conference at the University of Tennessee. Uh, we're going to play with tempo here. We're going to be the aggressor. We're going to play with our skilled players out in space. We're going to give them an opportunity to, to push the football down the field. At the same time, if you really watch what we do, we're extremely balanced in our approach as far as running pass. We want to fi- be physical. We want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Those are all things that are going to translate to, to what we're doing here in, in Knoxville. Is that what he does with the offensive football? Yeah. I mean, again, he's a great coach, and he's taking advantage of what he's got. And it's an O-line that's great, amazing, really, better than anybody thought. But, again, he knows what he's doing, and, and they don't have the depth. If they have one or two injuries, they can't withstand not yet now they will because they're about to be a national power 
but mm-hmm. they can't withstand what Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama can. No one can because they've been doing that for 10 years. Um, so, yeah, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And, and, again, with that type of offense, there's less risk of injury. You're holding the ball for three minutes. Now your defense is out in the field a hell of a lot longer. But, you know, they're, they're winning shootouts. And, and this is a guy that knows exactly what he's doing. I'm curious to see is once they start getting just horses – you know, third string, five star dudes like Bama, how that may change things. Probably will add more to the run game, um, you know, because Hendon Hooker's gone after this year. But that's what coaching is. You get the most out of your players. And this guy does that probably better than anyone in the country. Well, and like you said, the scheme of it, like it's a horse race. Like he understands that, all right, we're thin everywhere, especially on defense. Offense is way better. We can outscore you. Like, let's just try and, you know, do the best we can on defense and, you know, go get touchdowns, run this high-powered offense. But amazingly, they are super balanced in their fast offense. Like, they run, you know, what, five plays a minute or something, and it's very balanced, surprisingly. Um, You're on mute, Randall. I can't hear you, buddy. They've run 70 more offensive runs than they have pass. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It, they're super balanced. Just, most that's people because think, of what the point in the game and when they've been up, though, I think. Well, that's true. But most most people think, you know, fast-paced offense, like it's nothing but pass, pass, pass. And that's not the case. And it's been surprisingly balanced, in my opinion, you know, to watch uh, with that high-paced offense. So. All right, let's go to Tom, Tennessee, Georgia. Break it down for us a little bit. Well, I think in our our text thread earlier today, we talked about, um, you know, offensively, Tennessee, without question, is the best in the country. Um, defensively, Georgia, right up there. So I think this game is going to come down to, you know, can Georgia match – the intensity of Tennessee's offense. I don't believe Stetson Bennett has the ability to to run a fast-paced type of offense. Um, now, I say this as he steamrolled my Michigan Wolverines last year in the Orange Bowl, but we won't go back to that horrible night. But this Tennessee di- uh, offense is a whole different breed. Um, you have f- four receivers that can – can go off at any moment. And I think as a defense, that's a lot to game game plan for. And you look at what, what they were able to do last week against Kentucky, uh, the Alabama game, they weren't, they weren't scared. They, they went into the, that game expecting to win. That's the coach right there. That's a coach telling their kids, you are great. And they're buying into it. Um, I think ultimately College football is is a game of offense. I think the old defense wins championships. I, I don't think that's the case anymore, specifically in college football. Um, and this offense, you better bring uh, your 2021-style Georgia defense if you're going to stop it. Uh, it's coming down to, to Hennon Hooker. It, he's the, 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 the top candidate for the Heisman right now. Uh, I don't see 
him slowing down. Alabama couldn't slow him down. Uh, clearly, Kentucky couldn't slow him down. LSU couldn't slow him down. And there's no reason to think that Georgia is going to be able to do. Going back, looking at Georgia throughout the year, they've been very inconsistent. Missouri almost beat them, probably should beat them. But um, I, I just think this offense is too powerful, and, and Georgia doesn't have – uh, the the style of offense. I think if you keep their running back, which his name escapes me at the moment, um, you keep Edwards. him under yeah. If you keep him under wraps, um, I think Tennessee is going to be in good shape. Georgia's going to score. Don't get me wrong, um, but I don't think they have the 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 firepower to score at the rate that Tennessee can. And when you have a an offense that is go 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 go, you're really going to test. Um, the ability and maybe the stamina of Georgia's defense, and they haven't been tested like they will be on Saturday. So I, I, I like Tennessee in this game. All right, Robbie Davis, as the Tennessee homer, let's hear it. Um, well, one, looking at the rankings, uh, going back to can Georgia and Tennessee both get in, I don't think so. I think if Georgia loses, they're de facto out because they're going to fall behind Alabama – uh, maybe TCU falls ahead of them. They'll stick, stay in front of Oregon, but I think they're just in a tough spot. Um, with this being said, the the genius of Heifel's offense is if you ever take three cornerbacks off the field, he and it's almost like a chess match on one side of the, the, the football field. If you bring a safety and they stop the run and they catch it. Boom. No more substitutions. That's when this wide receiver Jenga happens and boom, it's over. And then they just keep attacking, attacking that weak spot. If you like Kentucky kept, they, they took, they put a linebacker on the field against high and some, and then Hypo kept getting him matched up against Hyatt and it was off to the races. That's what happened with Alabama. They put a, they ended up with an extra safety on the field. They didn't want to be there to stop the run. Kept them on the field. Can't substitute. Boom, boom, boom. College football is all about – this reminds me of the early Chip Kelly days when he was at Oregon. He makes – Heupel makes other coaches make stupid mistakes because of the pressure of, I can't make a mistake because it's it, it can snowball so quickly. And so, I mean – I agree with Tom. I, the eight points, I feel like, is free money. Um, I like Tennessee money line if I'm going to gamble on this game. Ooh. All right, guys, we got three games that are critical this weekend uh, in my head. That is Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, just give me – your 30-second pick on each game, starting with uh, Raj. Bama, because they're just much better, and they're getting better, and they fixed their discipline issues. Uh, you said the other game, aside from the biggie, was – I'm sorry. Clemson. Oh, I'm, I'm Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I'm with Tom. I think Notre Dame uh, is – even though Clemson's played well on the road, I, I think Notre Dame is just a, a bad matchup for them. They're going to play like they did against Ohio State, and I think Clemson gets exposed. It's supposed to rain that day, although in the low 60s in South Bend. Finally, 
I'm going to go with Georgia. And the reason why is, number one, Georgia, Bama had 19 penalties in a supercharged mojo environment. This is going to be very different. Georgia is one of the least penalized teams per game at four per game. They would be number one, if not for seven against Oregon, uh, which most of them happened when they were up 40 to three. So just discipline, coaching, depth. And again, I don't think we've seen the Georgia offense since that game. I don't think they're going to be asleep. I think this rivalry, even when one team's not good, it's been Tennessee lately, is just juice. And I think Georgia shows up. And Bama played an awful game. And, you you know, Tennessee's a terrible matchup for most. But I think Georgia does enough. Now, being said, they don't have the skill guys, but they got the best tight ends in the country. I think we're going to see them actually just use those four or five different backs, uh, grind it out, Bennett make the right plays. And again, the discipline factor, the we haven't seen Georgia yet factor. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia. I think Tennessee covers, and I think Tennessee's a great team, but we're about to see. It's going to be a fascinating game, just contrasting styles, but discipline, coaching, special teams. They don't turn the ball over. I just, if this game were in Knoxville, it would be different, but it's not. Tom, I agree with that. Not uh, the home field makes a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at a team that hasn't experienced the winning they're at right now. Um, Are the lights too bright? You know, that, that's a lot. That's a big thing uh, with a lot of these kids, you know, they get, they get hyped. They're the number one team in, in the college football playoff rankings. You know, that's, that's emotionally, these, these kids are pumped up and they start believing that, but you know, ultimately it it shows up on the field Um, earlier in the season. I would say this game clearly would go to Georgia, Um, but everything I've seen, all the questions that were they going to be able to do it against Alabama? They did. Um, Were they going to lay an egg? Um, in Kentucky, you know, against Kentucky, yeah, that game was in Knoxville. They mollywopped them. So it, it, they've passed the eye test as far as I'm concerned. Um, like, like I said earlier, Georgia's going to come to play. They're going to get their points. But I, I just think – I think this is Tennessee's year, and they're rolling. Uh, it's in the cards. I, I, I just like everything they're doing, what Josh, Josh Heupel's, you know, been able to accomplish with what he has. Um so I'll, I'll take Tennessee in that game. Um, clearly, um, I'm 100% go Irish uh, this, this, this weekend. So um, Notre Lightning. Dame all the, all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I might have the theme song or their uh, fight song playing in the speakeasy all night. Uh, and then this is Alabama's season in a nutshell, Saturday night against LSU. Uh, if they don't come out and dominate – I think that might spell problems for them moving forward. And and Nick Saban, Saban's a master uh, coordinator. He knows how to get get things out of his players. Uh, I, I just see Alabama uh, showing the world that LSU is uh, ranked about 10 spots way too high. So uh, give me Saban over uh, Bayou Brian. Uh, send him to his third loss. Uh, uh Roll Tide. <laughs> All right, Brad. Did you just say Roll Tide? It, it, it's it's for the show purposes, you know? Yeah, man. He yeah. just pulled for Notre Dame. He's a Michigan I, guy. I've got a hernia when I said it, actually. So I'm <laughs> yeah, wincing I was say, in pain. You've got to be. That's it. That, 
<laughs> oh, that was rough. That was hard to hear. Go blue, even though I'm wearing a, a, a red hat, but whatever. <laughs> know where your heart lies. Oh, yeah. Who's next? All right. My turn? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, so I like Vols plus eight here. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than we think. Can Tennessee pull it off? I don't know, but eight points is a lot. I think they definitely cover the eight points. And, you know, I am, like I said, I've never been a ball fan, and it's been hard to hear all my buddies, this is our year, this is our year, you know. But I love you guys, and I really am rooting for you this year. Like, I hope it works out. Um we've we've talked in separate threads that if somehow if Ohio State and, and Tennessee play in the postseason uh would be epic and then and we're definitely going to that game. But um I think I think the Vols cover I can't really call a clear winner here on this one. Get there, Brandon. Get there. Just go it's ahead. A, it, it man, it's it's really tough for me. I, I'm just gonna say the balls cover plus eight. Uh, uh, take a stand, bro. All right, so I'm you leaning. Know, no skin in the game. Balls. Right. I think balls win. All right, Robbie. Oh, I didn't uh, finish the rest of them. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Typical oh. Randall. He likes to cut me off. <laughs> no, so. Uh, it's it it's all good. I I think uh, LSU gets embarrassed this weekend by Bama, and man, I hope Notre Dame wins. That would be awesome because Clemson is garbage, and so is Notre Dame. Now. So that's going to be a like watching a pillow fight. You know, it's it's not going to be fun. But it depends on who's. who's I don't know. Yeah, who's fighting with pillows now? Come on now. I've seen some this, pillow fights, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I have. But, hey, you hey. don't want to see this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing it. Randall's going to lose his mind. He should. All right, Robbie. Um, yeah, so I like Bama. Um, even though it's Death Valley at night, they're just better. Bryce Young, he and C.J. Stroud, the two best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, I'll, I'll take Bryce Young in this matchup. And – as hot as LSU is, I mean, Kelly's not a match for Saban and that talent. So I'm taking Bama. Notre Dame, Clemson. This game just irritates me because I, it's it's time for the committee to take a stand. If Clemson goes undefeated, tell them no. Just winning a Power Five conference without any competition is not enough. Like, just – they should just tell him sorry, not this year. Um, but I do think Clemson somehow, some way, finds a way to win in an ugly, close game. They'll probably get a BS call at the end, or some somehow, some way, they're going to win again. Um, again, yeah. Um, so you're saying it's rigged? Yeah, and then was so, against Syracuse. So Tennessee, Georgia. Um, I'm pushing the chips in, man. I, I, I all in. Let's, let's 
let's run let's run this thing let's go and brandon you think we're bad now wait till we get wait till basketball season starts too and we have a top five basketball team too Oh my oh God. God! You're, you're a trifecta. Go. You're you're a baseball, he, basketball, and football. here we go. He's yeah, changes. Mi- Michigan's going to have a top five football, basketball, and hockey. They're number one in hockey. Oh, hey, you know no, what? College hockey. You know what? I don't. Hey, please stop. Please that's, stop. That's, Randall, that's like, please. That's like please two notches below NASCAR on our talking points. I've lived in I've lived in five different states, and every fan base I've heard say this is our year when it wasn't. Exactly. Uh, I lived in Alabama for five and a half years, and they were horrible. And every year, I heard this is their year. This is their year. I've heard it since '98 with the Balls fans. This is our year. We're gonna do it. Here we you go. You've heard me say it. But you here's my prediction. Later, you will find out if Tennessee is LSU 2019 or fraud Saturday. And that's the only prediction I have. Well, they're not because frauds. They, world, they beat some giants. In this they're, world, yeah, they're they're by no way, no means frauds. Let me let me let me finish just making a point. In this world of college football, is king. When offense is better than defense, offense wins every time. Every since 2019, LSU has proven that if you are so dominant on the offensive side of the football. No one can stop you. Yep. It comes down to a, a matter of stopping Georgia three times. I truly believe if Tennessee stops Georgia three times with a football, they win the game. Yeah, good point. Can they stop them three times? I don't know. By the fraud part, I mean we have been dominant. Tennessee has been dominant. I am a Tennessee graduate. Tennessee has done it at home. Nothing in this country compares to Neyland right now. Nowhere in the country has the home field advantage. Now, that'll eventually go away. We'll get spoiled of winning just like everybody else does. Going on the road and winning, that is the true test. Are you 2019 LSU? Are you just a nice story that Lane Kiffin coaches at Ole Miss every year? We'll find out. And Georgia's fourth in the country in defense right now, so that's a little – about four spots ahead of Alabama. And Lincoln uh, Riley will tell you a different story about the best offense always wins. Not not necessarily true. Well, tell me when the last time the best offense didn't win. Lincoln Riley Lincoln, in Oklahoma. What year Lincoln was Riley. Were they the best? Yeah, I don't think they were there. Yeah, they, they had numbers again. You yeah, know, they were the best but... every year he's been in the playoffs. Have you guys ever seen that movie Rain Man? Because of their conference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's who Lincoln Riley reminds me of. Is Rainman? Oh, Rain Man's brilliant. So there. Ever since twenty nine, right? But only at certain things. When Nick we'll Saban, Lane Kiffin to be his offensive coordinator, and he stops winning games by playing four three defense and putting pressure on the conference. It's changed, and right now the game is, you know, in the seventy, the games was. Oklahoma and Nebraska running the wishbone. In the 80s, it was pro set offense with Miami and Florida State. Right now, it is Josh Heibel and throw the football around 70 times. Uh, you know, it's just uh, Joe Burrow, it, Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungvaloa, who have won national championships lately. So, I like – 
an, an, an offense is mandatory, but I'm not saying the best offense does not always win. I, but unlike OU, you've got NFL studs on this team, just like yeah, no, no, yeah, no, I, guys I'm that hope, are taking over. The best no, defense ever wins, though. He just, yeah, I'm Except last year for the first time. Georgia was the best defense, and they won. And that was probably the first year a, de- a defense won a championship since the mid-teens. You know, you can win at different paths. The best team I've seen in this generation is the 29 team. And I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's, to me, what Tennessee's trying to do is be so good on offense that no matter how good you are on defense, you can't stop them. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. That's the best but, Again, I think I think home field's the difference. I think I think Georgia wins. So I hate saying it, but I think Georgia wins. Close also, game though, right? And that's good for Tennessee. I, if Tennessee wins, it's not a close game. I agree. If, I think you guys are underestimating. I'm I'm an unbiased viewer and I think Tennessee rolls here. It, if, if it's a twenty point game, Tennessee has won the game. I, I believe that in my heart. And, I don't care and, if it's a close game. We saw them beat Alabama in a close You went from, like, not sure who's going to win to being like, Tennessee's going to kick their ass. Well, I didn't want to <laughs> say – shut up, Raj. <laughs> All right. Facts. I don't have a bet. You're I'm getting here. sucked into this, like, balls crap so, right you got to go ahead and have your best uh, – Bet your nuts and your final words, and I'm just going to step out tonight. My voice is shot, and I got a five-hour broadcast tomorrow. Oh. So y'all ride it out, uh, Tom. You get us through this segment. All right. Well, I'm going to go uh, college and pro on your bet your nuts. Um, so, like I said earlier, um, go Irish on Saturday. Uh, they're a three and a half point dog. Uh, I like Notre Dame to cover and win this game, so I'll take. Notre Dame plus three and a half. And uh, I think a couple of you guys might like this pick that I'm going to take out of the NFL. I'm going to go Tennessee. Tennessee is a 12 and a half point dog against the Kansas City Chiefs. And what has Tennessee got going right now that they necessarily didn't have earlier in the season? That's right. King Henry is uh, steamrolling. Uh, so I'd like uh, Tennessee to cover. I don't think they'll win, unfortunately. Uh, Kansas City at home. Uh, but I think they're going to be a lot closer. They tend to play each other pretty tough. So give me Tennessee to cover the, the 12 and a half. And, you, don't, you don't think Malik Willis can throw for like 350 and three touchdowns? Oh, I thought you, know, you were going to say three times. No, yeah. But, I mean, I think, hey. I think having – uh, King Henry there makes Malik a little bit better. Um, it takes a little bit of a pressure off. For him, sure. So, so I, I think that number of 12 and a half is a little high. So give me Tennessee. I like and, that. And then uh, final words for me is, you know, just going back to Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, it, 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 we got to be better. We got to be better as fans. Uh, I think social media has just absolutely distorted sports. It's fun. Ha ha. But when it starts getting really personal and it starts attacking each other, and it, then it goes beyond what the meaning of the sport is all about. 
Um, so I think everybody, myself included, I, I think I got caught up in the in the Twitter game against some Sparty fans, and and you know I I have to look in the mirror. We all have to look in the mirror and and see, you know, it's sport. It, it's fun. It's supposed to be heated, and, and um, you just gotta play it cool. And and I think these kids, like I've always said, these kids should not be allowed to be on social media during the regular season. While they're playing sports, they should not be allowed to be on social media because we have situations like stemmed up here last Saturday in Ann Arbor. So I guess my message uh, in in uh, conclusion is let's all be better. As fans, as, as universities, let's just be better. Uh, I know that's asking a lot, but, I mean, it's something we – we need to do we need to meet in the middle not only in sport but in other in other you know categories that we won't mention uh because that would take too much time but yeah let's just all be better and um go blue uh, i'll go next uh, so before the season started um i picked chase elliott to win the the championship cup I he's favored. He's plus two forty. I firmly believe he is going to win uh, on Sunday to capture the championship. However, I think NASCAR, and this is where entertainment and sports kind of go, you know, back and forth. I think NASCAR's caught something here. Probably, I'd say since. Maybe Dell Jr. won the Daytona 500 after his dad died. This kind of social buzz about it. If Ross Chastain wins, it will be kind of not necessarily be in NASCAR, but it's it's a buzz. So he's at plus 400. So I'm going to actually bet on him. I'm going to bet NASCAR is going to do a little tweaks here and there to run run with this little momentum about how he got there and how he won. Um, so that's why I bet you're nuts. My final words are um, kind of echoing what uh, Tom said about, look, we all love social media because we like info. And so info is different than facts and different than news. And people don't need to treat social media as facts or news because that's not what it is it's nice to get info quick and that's what i love about it but yeah people get heated on it and it's just everyone needs to calm down a little bit um and then i am also sad roger are you in knoxville this weekend where are you at are you are you home i'm in chat yeah i just got back from knox um, all right well yes i'm trying to leave gatlinburg i'm in gatlinburg till saturday at noon I'm figuring out if I can make it all the way to Chattanooga for the game. If I'm going to stop in Knoxville and watch the game there. Um, really disappointed in the t- Tennessee Municipal Judges Conference for scheduling this this weekend when the Tennessee-Georgia game is there. Even though it's an expensive ticket, I wouldn't be in Athens. But, you know, uh, I don't make the schedule. I'm just here because I don't have to be. I'll go next. Uh, am I the last one? Is Chain gone or no? No, Chain hasn't gone. No, you go ahead. Okay, I'll go. So I don't have any locks, but I I just looked at the conference slate, college slate, and there's a few games that I like, actually more than a few. So I'm gonna hit them real quick. Friday night, Washington minus four and a half over uh, a ranked Beaver team. 
freshman quarterback, rainy Seattle, one-dimensional team. I'll take the Huskies. Uh, I think North Carolina rolls Virginia, being only a seven-point favorite at Virginia. It was a really crappy team, sadly, uh, despite having talent. I think Okie State responds after getting their butt handed to them 49-0. They're at Kansas. Yeah, Jason Bean, the back at the Daniels, has played well. But, you know, that's Gundy. They got embarrassed. I think they actually show up. They tend to win, uh, I guess, in close ones when they're not supposed to. Uh, going out west, I like Stanford at home, plus four and a half against Washington State, who I think has been figured out. I also like UCLA, minus 11 at ASU. I think they blow them out. This is for Tom, the Eastern Michigan running back, went for 260 yards, 258 to be precise, against Arizona State. What is the former Michigan monster, Zach Charbonnet, going to do? Uh, SEC guys, I like Missouri, plus one at home against Kentucky. Uh, I think that's the best defense nobody's ever heard of, aside from Illinois. And uh, I don't think Kentucky's that good. Hey, but Georgia heard we'll of them. Yeah, well, I mean, again, they were asleep and they barely showed anything, but we'll see. I'll, I'll get to that game. Uh, I'll take K-State plus two and a half at home. And uh, my last game was tonight. I, I did take Rice, a little bit of a bias there, minus four and a half. They won 37 to 30. Interesting about Rice, interesting thing. Two white receivers, and they're both very good. Uh, Bradley Rosner had 142 white tonight. Rice. And then, uh, yeah, dude, I hate to be reverse racist, but I will because I'm brown. And uh, easy Ed McCaffrey's kid, Luke McCaffrey, dude, another kid. He, he just puts points on the board. So, uh, yeah, watch out for Rice. They score points. Finally, two things about Tennessee, Georgia. One, people think the minus eight, I think it's too much. Well, Tennessee's defense is 127th against the pass. No, they've had huge leads in seven other games. They have three-minute drives, if that. On third and fourth down, and you know, when it comes to pass efficiency, uh, conversion efficiency, all that stuff, percentage-wise, they're really good. They are better than that. Don't think they don't have a defense. They need when they've had to have it, they've showed it. Um, finally, it's going to be just contrasting styles, and I think maybe it's get off my lawn, old guy, but Georgia and that that sense of discipline, the, the lack of turnovers. Time of possession thing. We'll see. And that's what Bennett does best. Um, and, and again, no penalties. It, and just probably the best in the country overall, minus a few blips. So I think it's going to be a, a really interesting game, but I'm going to go back to that uh, good old-fashioned football. Don't make mistakes. Don't lose games. And I don't know why I use that accent there. But, uh, yeah, in short, it's going to be close. But I'll take the team that makes less mistakes. That was that was almost as bad as Brian Kelly's accent. I, it, yeah, was. Was it was pretty man. bad. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be like regionally racist or whatever you call it. So I didn't commit to it. I, I don't know. It just sound like something some high school coach would say. That Randall would say. <laughs> One play at a time. Yeah. One play at a time. Come on, buddy. All right. That's it. Great game. Looking forward to it. Um all right. So my bet you're nuts. I am a, like I said earlier, uh, I really think the Vols, this is their year. I've heard it for 15 years. This is going to be their year. <laughs> I, I think they, uh, plus eight, I'll, I'll take that all day. Maybe they don't win the game, but it, it's going to be a lot closer than eight, in my opinion. Um, they just, their offense is too good. They can score too quick. Um, uh, and, and defense has gotten better. Uh, since the Bama game. So, you know, yet to be seen. And 
my second bet your nuts. I'm going to have to take, God, it pains me a little bit. Uh, I like the over 52 and a half in the high state Northwestern game. We're favored by 38 or no 56. Sorry. So over 56, uh, we're favored by 38. Oh, that's an uh, easy total, cover. To, total, well, well, the total game score is 30 or 56. So I like the over 56 on that, um, especially if we're favored that high. So we'll see. You know, bet your nuts. Uh, final thoughts. Um, you know, it's – I keep going back to the Michigan, Michigan State, you know, the fight thing. Like, I get, I get the whole situation. Like, you, you know, we're trying this whole new world now. It's everything's on camera, everything's social media. Um, you got to be careful what you do for sure. But at the same time, you know, you're trained in certain ways and and it's really hard to flip that switch uh, that quickly. And when someone comes in in the middle of your pack and instigates it, it, you know, it was completely wrong. They should have never done anything to that kid or both of them. I think there were two, right? Is that right, Tom? Yeah. There were two? Yeah. Two. Still... No excuses. You you got to act better. You got to do better. But if still, like, also don't poke the bee's nest. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, five ten years ago, this unfortunately wouldn't have been a even on in public or or anything. Um, the problem is he used a weapon with the helmet and that situation that that changes things like mm -hmm. what kind of i'm not going to say but how do you like use your helmet as a weapon like that's just uncalled for like if you're going to be that upset like throwing punches that's one thing that that's normal that's you expect that but to like pull out a, a helmet and start swinging it at a, someone that doesn't like that that's beyond me but um, I don't know. There, there's got to be something changed because these kids are highly emotional, uh, highly influenced, and they're taught to to go out and you know just give it all and and dominate the other team, and then all of a sudden to ask them to turn that switch off as soon as you cross a white line um, is very hard to do. It sounds like you agree with. And it's a terrible joke. I had to say this, Chris Rock back in the day, I'm not going to say what he said, but, you know, he said, I'm not saying this is okay. He said something really inappropriate, but I understand. And I don't know if you guys remember that joke or not. And mm -hmm. basically, I, I think that's what you're saying. And, and on some level, I think all of us understand and agree with that. We just don't want to say it. I mean, I'll say it, but yeah, not saying any of it's okay, but like, sadly, we understand. That right. tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say right. one, one final thing. I think I can speak for the majority of people in the world. Um, 
this Sunday we're kicking back the clock or forward or whatever. Can we stop that? Why is I it think it's, it's the legislation's already passed. They're it, they're turning back the clocks. We're falling back this uh, Sunday morning. So we, but who wants more darkness? And then they're going to spring forward in the that's spring, it. and then it's and over. It. Then it's it's over. over. It, are y'all sure? So we got yes, yes. It's already passed legislation. It's the only piece of legislation that Mark Rubio has ever been good at. We'll just leave it at that. Well, I'm going to Google this. This is for y'all are certain. Yeah, yes. I, we are yes. certain. So I read the we same. Get one I more fallback, one more spring forward, and you'll never fall back again. No, like this is the best. Y'all just made my day. <laughs> Thank you. Randall jumped on to tell us to all shut the hell up because we lost half the audience. Randall's like, hour ago. <laughs> but hey, he's look right. who that he's is on mute. This is back to like the early days of reckless speculation. The, yeah, it's like I like the new name QB1 and the Ice Rattlers. Called is that, that is that Brew? Uh, is that before or after he got arrested? Oops. This is really the last. Yeah, this, this is that's awesome. before. Nothing worse, by the way, than getting up when it's dark and going inside a building and then I know like, leaving when it's dark. You're just like, come on, dude. That's I know it's I've so hard to play golf after work all week at work, and no one's no one knew this. Yeah, like it, it would be like four thirty, and it's don't getting go dark. On all night, folks, if I don't cut them off, <laughs> please cut them. Off. God bless. Rest in peace. Fall backwards. Go Rest ball. in peace, Ray guy. By the way, yeah, yeah, that OG was that. gangster dude, L.A. Raider. Peace. <laughs>